Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, and welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. The goal of the show is to help you make creativity the filter for your whole life, lessen fear's grip on your choices, and step into the full essence of who you are. And today, I'm getting a little creative myself, and I'm switching things up a bit. So I'm going to have on my best friend, John Manganello, also known as Johnny or Jaunt, and you'll hear me call him variations of that throughout the interview. And you'll also hear him call me Lo, which you might not know is a very common nickname for me with my friends. So I wanted to give you a heads up in case you're like, what does that mean? Johnny happens to be one of the most creative and talented people I've ever met. And I'm not saying that just because he's my best friend. He's an actor, writer, director, and more recently, an incredible cake baker and designer. He makes beautiful custom cakes. For example, for my birthday, he made me an office, as in the TV show, The Office, office office-themed cake, complete with a stapler and jello on the top. It was amazing, and so is he. Less than one year after creating his first cake, he turned a hobby into a legit money-making side hustle. So we're going to talk all about how you can also do that with your hobby, share some creative check-ins, and invite you into our very silly, fun friendship. And as I said, today I'm shaking things up. I'm changing up the format a little bit just for today from formal interview to informal friendship chat. Because uh, I realize if I'm going to have a show about creativity, I should allow myself to be freaking creative. (laughs) And up until this point, I've basically been putting myself in creative jail with the show. And I love doing interviews, but sometimes I just want to talk with my friends about specific topics and give advice or take questions from you. So yeah, I'm going to let myself be creative and not put myself in creative jail because it's literally the exact opposite reason of why I started this. So today you'll hear me and John talk about many different creative topics and how to even have a creative friendship. From this conversation, you'll learn how to turn your hobby into income, how to keep yourself out of creative jail because it's a real place, why it's so important to know your worth and ask for what you want, the power of not knowing how hard something really is, and what a lack of attachment can do to bring you closer to your goal. Okay, now get ready for this wonderful conversation with my heart, my best friend, John Manganello. Hey, Lo. Okay, that's not how it's going to start. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting here with my best friend, John Manganello, and today we're going to have some amazing creative check-ins. But first, you're going to hear the intro done by him. It's very creative, and I really think you're going to love it, and extremely accurate, I might add. Go for it, Jaunty. Ding, 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 that is ding, not ding, what the ding, song are you sounds creative? like at all. That's a rhetorical question. Because of course you are. Creatives are everywhere. Some of them are even looking at your butt right now. So join me on my creative journey. I'm Lauren Legrasso, and this is Unleash the Beast Within. 
That's exactly what my podcast is called, and I really feel more seen than I ever have in my entire life. That's that's every episode <laughs> because you know you listen and it goes ding 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 ding, and you go, oh, the podcast is about to start. So, a little backstory: Johnny and I have been best friends since we first met when I was fifteen. Wait, I was sixteen, and you were only fourteen. Oh, very, very tender. Sapo. Think I, oh, oh, you know that app on Facebook that tells you what you did ten years ago? Yeah. Or what's it, twelve years ago? Or what's whatever. it called? Uh, memories. Memories. <laughs> I was looking at it the other day, and, and my oh, my skin used to be so supple. You had a lot of collagen back when you oh, were a young, what do I youthful do man. I want more. Uh, you can take collagen internally or put it on your skin, but that's not what I want to talk about right now. <laughs> what I want to talk about is the fact that Johnny was my first love, and he broke my heart. But Sorry. it's okay because he turned out to be gay. What? <laughs> who told? What? Who? Well, a guy named I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> but I was told by someone else. <laughs> it's a long story. We don't have time to go down that road. I don't know. That sounds like a great episode of I mean, your Inner Beast. That is the name of the show. Yeah. So, I want to tell you about Johnny. He's that is all true by the way. It sounds like we're kidding right now, but what we just said is how our story started. But the minute I met him, I felt incredibly seen by him, and I was always able to be creative. We always started playing these little games. Like, I mean, we could do a whole episode about creative friendship and like how to be creative in your friendship, because I think that's something we did so naturally. But we just had fun together, and we got each other, and we could be weird and and play and be theatrical with each other. And Johnny's someone I've always admired because he approaches life in a different way than anyone I know. And he's an incredible actor. He's a great cake baker, which is something that we're going to get into today. But basically what the conversation today is going to be all about is both of us are going to share a creative check-in and we're going to relate to each other on that creative check-in as humans. No, I think we should feud over them. (laughs) Can you imagine? The show would take such a turn. Yeah. Yeah, so I think everyone should write for 45 minutes every morning. Well, I no, you don't. Dumbass. <laughs> be, I, honestly, that might get you the listeners. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because people love drama. They love like drama. Like Real Housewives. <laughs> Real Housewives. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm very excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you so sound super grateful. <laughs> I'm so thrilled to be here. That's oh. how I talk to my sugar daddy. <laughs> Wow. I I got an offer to have a sugar daddy recently. Honestly, take it. No, only for four hundred a month. I blocked that guy. Four hundred a month. Yeah, that's not very much. It could pay your groceries. Who cares? That's like I can't sell my soul for that low a price. Oh well, that's the difference between uh, you and me. So John, I know you had a really great creative check-in this week. Here's a little backstory on John. John has always been artistic, always been visually gifted in addition to being a performance artist. I mean, like, you, not a literal performance artist, but you, you're a theater actor, you act in film and TV, but you've always also had that real gift for visual art. And you used to draw me, like, funny cartoons in high school and, like, slip them into my locker. And... I always thought that there was something there, like that you were supposed to use that visual gift for something. And in this past year, Johnny started baking cakes. And within less than a year of baking your initial cake, you Mm. ended up starting to make money from it. Mm -hmm. So how soon after you started baking cakes did you first make money from it? So, okay. I started baking in mid-August of 2018. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And by March of 2019, I was like selling them. So many people go to pastry school for years and then graduate pastry school Mm -hmm. and still don't make money doing what they want to do on a professional level for a long time. And so I think that that's a really interesting thing to talk about. And you brought this topic up that sometimes you just need to do it and that ignorance can be your ally. So can you take us through that a little bit and how that has transpired in your life and what your advice might be for other people? Yeah. So like we were saying, I basically was watching a lot of like baking competition shows and I would watch and be like, I want to do that because two things I really love are food, specifically (laughs) desserts, and also like creating various forms of art. One of which is like a is a visual art, I think. Like I, I've always liked to draw and paint and stuff like that. But I was like, these shows are marrying these two things I like, like the contestants on these shows. So I would watch and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go to my kitchen and like see what I can do. And at first it wasn't good. I have photos. I just showed your mom a photo of like my first cake that was like from scratch and decorated, right? I had obviously like made cakes before. Obviously. I posed it at party or two. <laughs> Yeah, I brought cupcakes. We used to make funfetti cakes a lot in high school. Right, straight out of the box, which Mm -hmm. is great, by the way. Don't get me wrong, but it's been a year since I've started baking and and decorating and all that. So, okay, so I was watching these shows. Was like, I want to do that, and normally I wouldn't have done it. If you're looking at the rest of my life, there's been a lot of times I've been like, oh, I want to learn a foreign language, or I want to try playing guitar, or I want to, I don't know, travel the world, whatever it is, right? But for some reason, I was like, let's just go with this. Let me just give it a try. See what happens. Why do you think that was? I think because it seemed very like low stakes. If you say, I'm going to learn Spanish, it's like, okay, strap in, buddy, because that's going to take a long time. <laughs> Hola. But like, I want to bake a cake. You do that in the afternoon, right? So I think I, I felt like, I'll give it a try. We'll see what's happening. So I started baking and immediately was like, oh, I love this. And I, I'm self-taught in that a lot of how I learned to do it was just like trial and error. But also I like watched YouTube. There's a wealth of knowledge on YouTube. And even like those baking shows I was talking about, you can learn little tips and tricks from that. But I think because it was low pressure, right? Mm-hmm. Like a cake is silly. It's it's a celebratory food. It's not like life-giving. It's something you can do. You don't have to put too much pressure on yourself, I guess. I got the little bite was like, I'm going to do it even though I know I'm going to be bad at it, but I'm going to continue to do it even though I'm bad at it. So you did something that I call the art of being bad at something where you committed to it. See, I think that that's something that we forget as we grow to be adults because the things that we're good at, we're so highly skilled at Mm -hmm. that we just give up the minute we try something new because we forget what it feels like to suck at something. Right. So right. you you did that naturally, which is wonderful. And I think that is something that I think the, a lot of the successful people I've talked to do when they start something new, they commit to the art of being bad at something. And because of that, they end up becoming more successful. Ira Glass has this really great thing where he talks about the gap. I think he calls it the creative gap, maybe, or just the gap. And basically what he says is like, if you're a creative person f- for a while, at the beginning of your creative career, you're bad. You're trying to be good. You're doing all the things that you think you should be doing to be good, yet the final product is bad. And a lot of people give up. You should just listen to this because he says it much better than I can. But 
it's called the gap Ira Glass search it. But basically saying a lot of people give up because they they're like, oh, I'm bad, I can't do it. I'm throwing in the towel. But the people who stick around and work through that gap of being bad at something until they're good at it come out on the other end way better off, right? Because mm-hmm. like they've they suffered through or whatever. Because we talk about the successes so much, but we very rarely talk about the process. Mm-hmm. And I think people and would all benefit the mini from failures that. along the way. Mm-hmm. That's why I was telling you I like nailed it on Netflix because it's a show that celebrates. It doesn't just accept; it celebrates mediocrity. So these people aren't great, but they're trying. And they're making cakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're making cakes mostly. Yeah, and that was one of those shows that inspired me to start baking because I was like, oh. If these people who aren't very good can give it a try, like I can give it a try. No, I totally agree with what you're saying. I always think back to the first year I was making music because within the first year of making writing my first song, I had played the House of Blues. And I think what I did so right back then was I was ignorant. I didn't know how hard the things I was doing were. So it was actually easier for me. I didn't care about my imperfections. Hmm. I just kept going and working at it every single day. I would write every single day. I would send out 15 emails every single day to try to get placements. I was bold. I was telling everybody about what I was doing. I was working at a yoga studio at the time and every single person that walked in, I would tell them about my show. And things just grew and grew and grew. And and also I was in a partnership. I was working with Jordan. So I think having that mastermind alliance helped us grow bigger than we ever could have grown alone. But there's yeah, there's so something to not knowing how hard something actually is and just being in the love of it and not having attachment. I also had never written a song before, so I didn't have this intense attachment to it like I did to acting, where I was able yes. I was able to have success that I could never have with this thing that I wanted so bad that felt like such a deep part of my identity, which is acting, because I because I wasn't attached in an unhealthy way to music. I just loved it. It was pure love and joy. And like you said, it felt low stakes because at the time it was something I was doing on the side and it became my main passion. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting point. Like not knowing the reality of something, giving you motivation to like walk through that process. If somebody spells out for you the exact steps it's going to take to get to a goal that you have, there's a really good chance you're going to be like, oh, that's a lot of work. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I have time for that. Um, and we don't have time for anything, and at the same time, we have time for everything. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Actually, that's an interesting point because, like, about a year ago, before I started baking, whenever whenever anybody would ask me, like, what are your hobbies, or like, have you ever filled out like a questionnaire? Like, that's mm-hmm. like hobbies. I don't have hobbies. <laughs> I, that, I'm not kidding. Yeah. I would always be like. God, I'm so boring. Like, does eating count? And and it doesn't. That's not a hobby. That's <laughs> something you have to do. So that's a great tip for for listeners, though. What? And for me, like, get a hobby because you never know when that hobby could become a passion, and then it could become a side hustle, and then it could become a front hustle. Yes, I agree with that. I also think like also you- maybe there's just merit to having fun. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So, right, not not everything has to be turned into a business. Yeah. But hang on. I, I, I think there was a really interesting point that you made. Like, acting is something that I can't control. I can only do so much. But once I go into an audition and perform and walk out, it's really out of my hands. Whereas with baking, what I've found is if I go home 
and I bring out my KitchenAid and I mix my flour and sugar and eggs and bake, I know I'm going to make a cake. Like it's going to happen. I'm going to have a final product. And that to me is very comforting. There's a line in Julia and Julie and Julia. Is that the name? Julie and Julia. Yeah. Yeah. Where she's like, again, this is me paraphrasing, but, and it's been many years since I've seen it. But as I remember, she says, you know, like there's so much uncertainty in Which life. Which she? Julie or Julia? Uh, Julie. Julie's the one who's not yeah. Julia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounded like a joke, but it wasn't. <laughs> Julie. Yeah. It's Julie. She's saying like the uncertainty of life is really like overwhelming, blah, blah, blah. But when I go home and I mix egg whites and sugar or something, I know I'm going to get a meringue. Yeah. I remember that. And that is such a... Like, I totally get that. I can't tell you what's going to happen with the commercial I auditioned for yesterday. I can tell you what's going to happen with the cake I baked yesterday. That's so comforting. It's so comforting. And and what a sadness if you go through life without having that thing that you can have uniquely to yourself. And it's true because there is some sort of stability with baking that you wouldn't get maybe if you were a business owner, if you're an actor or something else that's like a creative entity that really relies on the public to say yes or no. Like it's nice to have some sort of contained creativity. And you've inspired me because I think I can do that with my songwriting. Like what I love is no matter what, if I sit down at a guitar and I play three chords that go together... If I want to, I can write a song. That's what set me free with music was that finally I had something that was in my own hands. That if I wanted to go on the street corner and sing, I could sing. I didn't have that same flexibility with a monologue. Someone would think that I was just being myself and talking out loud. I do think that you obviously you can like make a play and stuff, but it takes more time. Whereas with music, you can just go out and do it. Mm, yeah. And that's what I think is cool about baking and why I'm so happy you found it because it was a release for you and a way to get out creativity that doesn't require, I mean, it's spend some money, but like spending a tremendous amount of money right. on a theater and like putting up a show or, or waiting for someone else to give you an opportunity. You just got to do it. I think I should also note that like, I'm not, just like baking cakes, there's a whole element of like decoration because, you know, the people listening to your podcast probably don't know that. Right. They are elaborate and highly decorated. And so that to me feels very like creative. Mm -hmm. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. So if we go back and like trace what you did right, in your baking career to bring you to where you are today, where you're actually making money from it hmm. a year, less than a year after you started, but still a year after you started. And now you're starting to get more and more clients. What would you say are the action steps? Like if we kind of do a proof mm -hmm. of 
what happened. Like I like thinking about geometry proofs, yeah. but with life and mm. really going through and looking at a situation and figuring out how you got there in retrospect. Mm. So if you had to do that and give people a step-by-step of how to start making some money from your creative entity, yeah, yeah, what yeah. do you think you did with baking and how can they do the same? First and foremost, the best thing you can do is just like get really good at something. Mm-hmm. Because, so just practice. Yes. But, but also just like Bo Burnham said this really brilliant thing on Pete Holmes podcast. He was like, there's a lot of people who like don't have talent, but yet they're, they market everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, come see this, come watch this, see this web series I made. But what's so much more interesting are people who like are really, really talented who have cultivated that thing and then go off into the world and try to share it with people. So I think just get good, right? Like be really undeniably good at something. And then like, don't have the fear of sharing it with the world. Once you've worked really hard at it, whether or not it's perfect, say, Hey, like I want people to see what I've been doing because yeah, that that's the way I was able to get like my product out there. I also think it's super important to allow people to help you <laughs> with putting yourself out there. I've had so many friends be like, I'm going to have your cake at my party and I'll make an announcement. Oh, if anybody wants this, like, yeah, this is his name and like, here's how to find him. And tell people, like, this has been a recurrent theme, especially the past few weeks on our show is tell people what you want and mm. ask for help. Yeah. Because... I can also say that there's a Facebook group, a secret Facebook group in LA that a lot of your friends are in and that I'm in for women. Yeah, yeah. And every time something comes up on there where someone needs a cake, we all tag the shit out of you. You guys do. I know. But the the problem with that group is it's a women's only group. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times they want to hire, which... Which is wonderful. It's great. (laughs) The only problem is that women are getting employed over men. No, I'm kidding. Which Johnny's being very facetious right now. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah the, dripping with sarcasm can't tell if you can tell over the microphone <laughs> yeah but i think that that's such a poignant point poignant point so but thank you for tagging mm-hmm. me no yes, i really appreciate anytime. it so okay so tell your friends what you want ask for the help and they will shower it down upon you yeah and like work like mm-hmm. get good i know that sounds that probably to a lot of people might sound crazy but like you do see a lot of people who it's like, wait, why Why do you think I'm going to spend $10 on your show when you haven't even like, when you're like coming in and you look a mess and you haven't memorized your lines? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen, like experienced that? I experienced that a lot in LA. What? A bad show? Not just a bad show. I don't mind a bad show. A show or something where the person in question, the person like who's doing it or putting it on or whatever, hasn't put effort, like clearly hasn't put the effort into it uh i have yes i have seen one really terrible theater production I but like i think I that those that people thought they put the effort into it oh see like so that's different i i see it so much i see stand-up comedy i see improv oh my god how many improv shows have I been to where it's like, oh, you don't give a fuck because you're an improv artist and you're making stuff on the, up on the spot. You've like come in here like disheveled and like 
hungover and you're like not ready to perform. And I think it's inexcusable or stand up someone coming up on stage and like bombing and then blaming the audience for not laughing. I'm like, oh, that no, drives sweetheart. me absolutely That's you. wild. But that happens like, a lot. In a lot. bad way, bad wild. I, I cannot believe it when stand up comics turn on the audience for them being bad. Imagine if I made a cake and someone ate it and they were like, this cake tastes like shit. And you started heckling And them. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck you. You think this cake tastes like shit? No, you taste like shit. It's yeah. like, wait, what? Yeah. It's so unattractive. Yeah. It's such, a, it's such a bad quality. It's one thing to make intelligent jokes about the audience when they're heckling you. But I feel like... No, but if, if they're laughing, if they're not laughing, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. So get Practice better. Practice more. No, really. I, I mean that. Like, I, I see so much laziness here. And I'm guilty of it, too, by the way. But... I don't think when I'm being lazy, my go to is to like share that lazy. Yeah, thing like with it's the not world. like oh, you know what I should do? Go get on a stage right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then and then like once you feel like you've put the work in, like yeah, broadcast it. Broadcast I was it. weird. I was weird. I hate I hate using hashtags and stuff, but it's like you know, like that's how people see it. Like yeah, I, I want mean, people to see it because I care about. You know it. what? I started getting thirsty recently. I I have actually like a couple creative check-ins I'd like to share. One is I went to this event this weekend, and I don't know what came over me. Usually, I'm super super bashful about telling people what I do. Like, not many people know who I work with, or that I produce all these big shows, or about my podcast, or about my music. But I just went in there, and it was a women's empowerment event. I'm like, you know what? If I'm, I'm at this empowered. event, I should start being damn empowered. Yeah, yeah. So I went up to people, and I just, as I talked to them, if they were interesting to me, or they had something I thought that I could help them with, or that they could help me with, I asked for what I wanted. And I talked to this one girl. She was a booking agent at ICM. She was super interesting. So I asked her to come to my, on my podcast. I wasn't afraid about doing that because I know I have a good podcast. I talked to this guy who was on General Hospital for a really long time. We ended up talking for like 30 minutes. I, he was someone I grew up watching. I wasn't even going to say hi to him, but we just hit it off. He's going to come on the podcast. I'm going to maybe help him with some of his social media and media things that are going on. It was like, it was incredible what happened when I finally just got rid of my whatever, like guilt and shame yeah. and feeling of being an imposter and just owned what I've done and who I am yeah. and wasn't ashamed of that or like feeling like I didn't deserve it. So I encourage you listening that if you're in a similar scenario and you're around really amazing people who you might be able to help or they might be able to help you, don't hesitate to share who you are and what you can do. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. And also, low like knowing your worth. I mean, I think that, that that is what you're saying, like saying, oh, I offer something to the world mm -hmm. and I will be empowered and I will go say, I will walk up to the person and say, will you do this podcast? Because it's good. You know what I mean? Like right. knowing your worth uh, is, it takes a while to, to cultivate that, but you should. Yeah. And then I think the other thing that I've realized this week is a lot of times we jail ourselves within our own creativity. Even this podcast, like doing this with you in a different format than I usually do, doing more like open chat. Earlier this week, I was driving and the song Free Falling by Tom Petty came on. Gorge. Gorge. And you know, there's this interesting thing with LA where you you don't realize until you move here, but like there's so many inside jokes or inside stories in so many movies and TV shows and songs 
that you don't understand. So I started thinking about that because that song has a lot of LA references. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? This would be a great song to cover. And then these are the two voices in my head. I'm like, no, you can't cover that song. Everybody covers that song. You need to be original. And I'm like, well, wait, I can cover the song if I want to cover the song. And then I had the thought, oh, well, maybe, you know what? Like, it was like, okay, there's two voices. It was like the creative, open, inner child voice and then the judgmental, imposter, asshole voice. Basically, like the inner asshole and the inner child were fighting each other. So the inner child was then like, oh, well, you know, like you could do a whole podcast about it. You could talk about LA and like, and how it's in so many different creative outlets and then go into like the song and, and then the inner asshole was like, no, you can't do that. That's not what your podcast is about. You do interviews. That's what your show is. And I'm like, wait, then the inner child was like, this is obviously I have issues, but the inner child was like, you know, who says, who says you can't do something different on your show? Oh, you can't do something different yeah. on the show you invented a few yeah. months ago? Yeah, the show I invented a few months ago that I have no boss for, that really, like, the audience has been so supportive. As long as I'm giving value in some yeah. way, I would never do a show that would waste anyone's time. But as long as I'm doing something that gives people value, if it's what I enjoy, it's what I should do. Yeah. And so I think, you know, the takeaway I would like to give the listeners is don't put yourself in a box. There's a whole world for you to explore. And just because you've done something in one way doesn't mean it's the right way or what you should always do. Also, do you ever look back at a series of work you've done maybe five years ago and go like, oh, I see what I was trying to do there, but it's like not very good. Yeah. I do that every so often. I'll look back at something I did and be like, oh, like that writing I did was I I get what I was going for, but it's not good. It's a very weird thing to think like, oh, I've invented this structure. I'm going to follow this structure in all of my art and I'm never going to change because. That's a bad way to think. Yeah. But isn't that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. But but when you say it that way, I'm like, wow, that's shitty. Like, why would you want to follow one structure for your whole life? That seems so limiting. That's the exact opposite of what this podcast is trying to teach people to do. And like I always say, I'm doing this podcast because I need the information because I get so heady about things sometimes that I end up not expressing myself and unleashing myself in the way that I want to because what I crave more than anything in life is freedom. Yeah. But sometimes, even when I am doing creative things, I get so obsessed with what the outcome should be that I miss the moment. Yeah. Think about like the first episode of 30 Rock versus the last episode of 30 Rock. or More insert, like The Office. Insert your favorite TV show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The first season of The Office, it's like, even though that show is my favorite show on earth ever for all time, like, the first season is painful. Yeah. Well, the heart of it is there. The heart of it's there. Yeah. But then it's evolved evolved into something else. So that's why I think it's like, maybe your podcast a year from now will look completely different, Lo. And Mm -hmm. that will only be for the better. I have a hard time believing you're going to, like, sell out and turn this into, like, a corporate, like... <laughs> corporate radio, yeah, welcome. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a really good don't jail yourself. That's a really good creative check-in. Well, what should we leave the people with? A song. <laughs> How dare you? You know, let's just insult them. I think that's always fun, to insult your listeners. Yeah. I would never. My listeners are the most beautiful, amazing people on earth, and they're my friends. And they're doing amazing things, and I'm so honored. Honestly, to know I'm them. really bad with goodbyes. One time, a guy who 
I was. We're both Italian. Was that a thing? The Italian goodbye. Oh yeah. You can never say goodbye. It takes forever. Kissing people, feeding them all night. I was like seeing <laughs> this guy. Like we were hooking up, and like, he had like slept over, and like the next morning he was leaving, and I like went in for a kiss to say goodbye, and he like gave me like his cheek, so my lips like hit his cheek as if it was they were gonna hit his lips, and I just like slid down his cheek. Oh, that's so depressing. I and I go oh. All I could think about, like, I was like, say something, say something, say something. It's like, oh, this world. And he's like, what? And I'm like, isn't it fun to be young? That was the second thing I could think to say. Isn't it fun to be young? Which, that doesn't make any sense. And he looked at me Wait, like it was crazy. Wait, that makes so much sense to me. That's the most fun young thing I've heard in a while. Well, he didn't think that. He left. <laughs> was he old? No, he's cool. He's whatever. But, like, he left. No, he's, like, a good guy. But. He rightfully was like, you're crazy. Left my house. Not right. And I collapsed to the ground. You're adorable. Fuck him. So, so I'm, what I'm trying, the point I'm trying to make is, I don't know how you should leave them. So in conclusion. In conclusion. In conclusion, lick someone's face as as you you leave. leave. This is something really fun and maybe annoying for others that John and I tend to do, which is we talk at the same time. Oh, I got a good idea for how to leave them. Great. Can we tell them the story about the time that woman at Borders told us that's not necessarily Oh, my God. Well, okay. Let's tell them one of the most creative stories of our friendship. I think that let's oh, do the, the not- Chico day? Yes. Okay. So this the, the not necessarily a bed day is a different day than the Chico day. We'll also tell you that story. But first, we're going to tell you the day we went through the, the village of Gross Point, which is the town we grew up in. Highly recommend it. If you're in Gross Point, you got to swing <laughs> Get by Get down the to the village, honey buns. So we went around and we basically like dared each other to do certain things. So Johnny dared me to go into Chico's, which is an incredibly luxurious store for adult Does women. Does it still exist? Oh, 100%. I, people know it then. Oh, yeah. But I mean, just in case you just, don't. Okay, in case you've never, in case been, you've to Chico's. never been to Chico's. It's yeah. very luxurious. Yeah. So... He dared me to go in there and ask for Mrs. Chico. And Excuse we found me. out. Well, I did. I did do it. Excuse me. Is, is Mrs. Chico in? <laughs> and uh, apparently Chico is a bird. Yeah. And the like, store is named after yeah. a parrot. So you got that little piece of information. He also dared me to go into Notre Dame Pharmacy and ask where the hunchback was, where they were keeping oh, him. Oh, see, that's just funny wordplay right there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they didn't answer us. So I still feel a little bit jilted by what them. What did you dare me to do? I forget. I don't remember. I feel like I did most of the dares. I also went to <laughs> Caribou Coffee and sat in the window and pretended to be a mannequin. That was funny. <laughs> I remember that. That was a good one. You know, what did I do? I, I had to do something. I feel stuff. like you just told me to do a bunch of things. <laughs> Sounds Sounds about right, yeah. honestly. <laughs> and then, the, not necessarily bad, I'll let you take that one away. Okay, so one time Lauren and I were, were at Borders Books. And you know, like, the magazine section where there's, like, benches where you can, like, sit and read? They're just begging people not to buy the magazine. So, yeah. like, sit down, read through the whole thing. So, we were laying down on one of those benches. And this employee walks up to us and she goes, like, very, like one of those people like takes her job, like, way too seriously. She's like... Um, excuse me, that's not necessarily a bed. And we were like, okay, but could it be? Like, it's not necessarily. There is a possibility that it might be a bed. That's what I'm getting from what you said. What what I'm taking from you. Should I get a pillow? Because it might be a bed. Exactly. There's a possibility. Okay, I'm going to pop my melatonin because, honey, it's time to catch some Z's here on Borders Books. You know what? Those benches are probably why Borders went out of business. Yeah, fuck them. If they didn't have those benches, people would buy the damn magazines. (laughs) So, in conclusion, I really hope that wherever you are, Whoever you are, 
You have a friend like my friend John. Because oh, he's my best friend that. in the world and he gets me. And we always have fun together and can be creative together. And it's just so important to have friendship. And it really also, is. But to have friends who understand you and get you and also who support you. I mean, he's at every show. Life is hard and especially pursuing a path more creatively than you have to. It's really hard. So it's important to have friends who enhance your life and who see you for the full amazing being you are and lift you up. And that's John for me. Love you. I feel the same way, though. Love you. Also follow her on Instagram at Lauren Lagrasso. Wow, thank you. <laughs> see, that's what a good friend does. And follow him on Instagram at Johnny Mangs <laughs> and at the Johnny Cakes. J O N N Y. He's not one of those J O H N's. Please. Please. And also, if you have time and you love the show, go ahead and give it a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow it on Spotify. And if you really like the show, do a screenshot while you listen to it and tag at Lauren Lagrasso at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and at Johnny Mangs, and we'll repost it because we are so grateful that you shared it because this podcasts are shared person to person, and that's really how the show is going to grow. I appreciate you. I love you. And I believe in you. Keep chasing your dreams. Don't jail yourself within your art. Find an amazing friend that lifts you up and sees the incredible creative you are, and just do it because there's a lot of power in committing to the art of being bad at something having that ignorance and pushing beyond boundaries and, and pushing into areas that you never thought were possible because you didn't know they were possible. Go for it. Talk next week. <laughs>